I most certainly in those tires. Those are great to shine. Remember, they fan out down there. So protect that bottom. Sunday drive. Five off man. Hey, cars off. Be ready. Yeah, be ready. Gas that bitch up. Be ready. Ready. Green flag. Green. Welcome, everybody, to the Inside Pass, uh, another week of uh, racing talk. Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis. Peter Street. Mar- what? Peter Street we established before the... Peter Street? Recently graduated. Apparently. My last yeah. name means street in Italian. Oh, okay. I was like, where did that... I had no idea where that came from. Yeah. Uh, lo- uh, Noah came up with a new tagline we were before we came on. What is it? Oh, we're going to the zoo? <laughs> we're going to the zoo. <laughs> we're doing a show. That's what this show turns into sometimes. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Welcome to the Inside Pass. The, right? races, That's where you're going. the races this weekend were kind of a zoo, Friday and Saturday anyway. Yes. Sunday not so much. Friday was definitely a zoo. Talk about, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I, I, I got to have a very long conversation on the way home from Darlington with one Jacob Barely. Silman because uh, he wanted my thoughts on it. Um, because I had said something about saying it, saying what I what I felt on the show, and so he called me. and He's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Why don't you well, listen to the show like everybody else, Jacob Silman?" Yeah, exactly. Tune in. Uh, but anyway, so we we had a long conversation uh, on the way home, which was which was cool because I, I kind of needed a you know like a, a little bit of relaxation from from my weekend. So I ended up going to Darlington. Everybody else was there except for Tom, who was in Florence, which was about you know, I was in Florence too, but a he, good yeah. A good spit away from Darlington, <laughs> and, uh, and you'd be <laughs> in Florida. It, um, was it like 13 miles or something like that? Like yeah, 15 about minutes 14 or something? 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. So um, he was there with the Carolina Pro Light Models, which Noah and Peter were also there too. But um, I decided to go, and but I, I decided to go as a fan because, you know, A, I don't have my COVID vaccine, so I couldn't have gone in the infield anyway. But um, I just wanted to go and just experience what it's like to, to just sit. You know, as a fan on the back stretch instead of because every time I go, I always go on the front stretch. So I'm like, some one of these days, I want to watch a, a race on the back stretch. The old stuff. Um, and, and my thanks to Eric Amarola um, and Cole Custer for giving me a little bit of a thrill um, <laughs> yeah. for uh, wrecking on the back stretch in front of me. Um, but um, I'm a little, I'm a little peeved about some of the things that Darlington uh, does, which I, I, I understand COVID protocol first of all. So th- I don't think I'm bashing them. Um, for this, but it's a very inconvenient thing for you to have a backstretch ticket when you can't do anything on the backstretch. <laughs> Everything is on the front stretch. So normally, I, I assume normally you would be allowed to walk um, around turns three and four to go to the hospitality area, whatever, where all the merchandise haulers and, and all that stuff is. Um, but the driver lot is just on the other side of the the wall uh, at, at turn three. So there's like a little road that goes around, but then the, the driver lot's on the other side. So due to NASCAR safety protocol, they would not let fans walk that area because it's too close to the driver lot. I don't. I get it, but at the same time, like I, I'm not going to cough on their their RV or like I don't. Can understand. you sneeze that far? I it, <laughs> you would be really multi talented <laughs> if you could do that, but I sadly I cannot sneeze that far. But I digress. So anyway, I so when I got there, I had rented a scanner from Racing Electronics, which it was my understanding in the email I got from Racing Electronics, it said you can pick up your radio at any kiosk around the facility. There was only one, which was on the other side of the racetrack. Oh boy! So ninety, what well, was it? Eighty-six degrees. You know, three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm walking all the way around the side of the racetrack. There are golf carts flying by. <laughs> Not one person stopped to say, hey, would you like a ride? No, no, I'm fine. I'll walk in 95-degree heat. No big deal. Um, so I get all the way over there, you know, get the scanner, then start back. And this couple was, I guess, not really arguing, but asking the security guard if there's a way to get to the backstretch without walking because they had tickets that apparently said on it 
that they were supposed to park at X gate and walk in gate three, but gate three is the backstretch. So anyway, um, so they ended up getting a, a trolley to come pick them up. So I hitched a ride with them. Very nice fans, really awesome. Uh, the ladies are huge Eric Jones fans. So um, we got to talking about, you know, Eric's unfortunate. He doesn't have the opportunity he had at Gibbs, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so ended up going and getting up there and, and missed all the entire pre-race show. Um, didn't have any idea that the race had started until I looked up and the cars were coming out of turn two. And I'm like, wait, what, what did I miss? Um, so it was a it was a cool race though, but the the one the one thing that irritated me the most is uh, apparently they don't know how many rows they have on the backstretch, which by the way is only ten. They sold twenty five rows of seats on the backstretch. What? And no one had any idea <laughs> where they okay. were supposed to sit because there was only sixteen rows. Well, I I had row sixteen. There's not some, there's no such thing as a sixteenth row, um, but I had there were other people around me who had row twenty five, row twenty seven, <laughs> um, and seats that didn't exist. So they were told by Darlington personnel just sit wherever you want. Yep. That's so right. the entire back straightaway was not social distanced, not anything other than just find a seat and sit. So that's what we did. Yeah, well, <laughs> they I, knew this. I, I have since been told that it, come September, everything they will be 100% this. capacity and everything yes, will be open back up again. September, we can roll up 100%. And, which capacity. is great. And I had a really good time, and the race was. Eh, I guarantee we'll you, they just wanted to sell more socially distanced seats. Well, quote unquote, uh, but they 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 probably. I mean, they well, know how the, many rows they have. For the know? record, Bristol was the same way. Exactly. So I mean, I got to Bristol and I felt like the entire section was right by me. I'm like, there's no way this is possible. There's no pods here. I don't know you, so why are you in the pod? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was it, so. I felt like the Friday night truck race was a, d- a demolition derby. I, I think we can all agree that it was pretty. That's putting it pretty mildly. Crazy, pretty crazy race. Um, Sheldon Creed ended up winning, which I picked Sheldon Creed, the only one of the group. Thank you, Sheldon, uh, for, I may, uh, for that. Minor bell for you. I may or may not have a piece of that demolition derby in the back of my car. Nice. Good job. <laughs> he does. I do. That's what happens he when does. you walk. Hey, when, uh, when you just wander through the garage area, you're bound to yeah. pick up something well, off of a car. Well, look, so Haley Deegan pulls in right in front of me with her torn-up truck after spinning and, and wrecking on the last lap, Soccer. which was, was very sad because she was running – very well for her first race at Darlington. Um, gonna get a nice top fifteen, top ten. Um, regardless, they come in the garage and she gets out right at the opening, and they they couldn't push the truck back because the front end was knocked in so far that they needed to cut the grill off of it um, to to be able to push it to the garage. So they sat there and they got the power tools out and they cut the grill off of it and they threw the grill a perfectly cut like it was so perfectly cut with bare bond all over it and the head the headlight. They threw it to the side with another piece of sheet metal. And I keep walking past it, and I'm like, this looks really cool. Like, I, I don't know. I just was like, this is – so I, I call Peter, and I'm like, I'm really thinking about taking this piece and putting it in the back. First of all, I'm going home this week back to Virginia, so my car is already, like, packed. Like, nothing can fit. And I'm like, I'm going to be in the media lot, and people are going to walk past my car and be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> so I use one of the blankets I have in the back of my car, and I somehow shove the sheet metal up in there, and I put a blanket over it so nobody can see it, but there it sits. Meanwhile, the Every so- time I get in now, I smell tire rubber and, like, bare bond. And- <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody at DGRs got fired today because they missed a piece of sheet metal somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, they've been looking that. all over the shop for it all day long. They're and sending you, you a car. bill. I yeah. made sure that the hauler was already packed and backing out before I took that sheet metal to know that they weren't coming back for it. And then I was like, if it's getting thrown into the trash, it can be thrown into the back of my car and just sat in a corner of a room like, somewhere. What happened to that grill off that truck? Oh, I sat on the floor and then it disappeared, so I don't know what happened to it. Also, I was in Haley Deacon's vlog today. 
<laughs> on YouTube. Go check it out. You'll see me. Anyway. Moving so on. So the – I guess the – I thought Tom was going to buzz me. <laughs> um, I thought about it. it, it it's gonna, it's bound to happen sometimes. It's an hour like show. Haley Deegan. Um, oh, so the Xfinity race friends, on Saturday friends, was a little friends. bit more tamer. I mean, we still had some caution flags, but Justin Allgaier <laughs> picked up the win there. And it's, sadly, or I guess surprisingly, Jacob's the only one that picked Allgaier to win. So he got points for – um, the, the majority of the points for the Xfinity race so on that Saturday. means he's only 474,000 points down now. Exactly. Instead of 475. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm upset. Uh, I'm glad that Algar won. He, just, he definitely deserves it. <laughs> That's uh, not sure. why he's upset. Uh, well, well, I'm why? glad won, but I was sitting in Florence County gloating about how I'd made such a good point stay on Nick and Tom. Oh, yeah. And then the DQ news came out. But I, there's a chance. There's there's barely one, but there's a chance because they are appealing the penalty. So if they win that over that appeal, I get my points, right? So what what exactly did he get DQ'd for? It was something with the, I think, the A post or something yes. like that. Oh, okay. NASCAR's never wrong. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was like well, that, and, mm. and you're appealing to representatives of NASCAR. They say it's an independent council, but you have to have a lot yeah. of. But here's the thing: how if much they, money does Nick have? <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if they feel like they have a smidgen of of hope of winning that appeal, only paying one thousand five hundred dollars to possibly reobtain $100,000 if you feel like – because Noah would have won the dash for cash, and that's another right. $100,000 right. check. Right. So if you feel like you have at least some sort of evidence that may possibly change things, then I'd go for it for a, a grand, you know? Well, I mean, why not? They've got it. Stranger Dale Jr., are, all he's got to do is write a check. Stranger thing, yeah, that's, it seems so easy. All you got to do is write a check. Uh, it seems so easy, but at the same time, you know, it's like, – like Chris said, what are the odds that you're actually going to win the appeal? I mean – very slim. It's very happened. Slim. I think happened I've before. seen it like twice all right. in all the time yeah. they've had the appeal system. Mm, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, we, we got the two minutes left. I don't want to get into the cup race uh, too much because uh, that's where the big controversy lies, I guess, in terms of what kind of racing you like to see. Um, Jacob and I didn't really have an argument per se. It was more of an of open discussion. He understood both of, but you know, after the conversation, kind of understood where I was coming from from both sides of the spectrum. But I want to get these guys' opinion on what they thought of the actual racing action um, on uh, yesterday, or as we taped this live uh, yesterday, the, uh, the Cup race in Darlington. Um, but overall, I think throw- Throwback Weekend was awesome. It was cool to see those paint oh, yeah. schemes. It was cool to see the, the throwback schemes. It was cool to see uh, the David Pearson car out pacing the field before the race. And Bill Elliott, Bill Elliott car, yeah, out there with Bill Elliott in it, uh, out there pacing the field before um, the start of the race. Yeah. It, it's always cool to see those vintage things. And even, you know, if you've never been to Darlington, it's cool to go. Um, I didn't get to go into the museum, but I'm just passing by mm-hmm. it and seeing all the pictures on the wall and the, cool. the pillar out front that has it, the names of everybody who's ever won a race at Darlington in, in the history of the track. So um, it's really cool, uh, just history, to go there and just kind of just look around and see all the cool things that are going on. One of my favorite pieces of exhibiting that museum is a die cast of every Southern 500 winning car. And amazingly, Richard Petty, I think, only won the Southern 500 twice. So you think the King, you think Darlington, he has a million wins there. But no, only two wins in the Southern yeah. 500. Wow. Yeah. It's also... A, oh, sorry, no, no, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was just saying, it's just a... It's <laughs> Somebody go. Rock, yeah. paper, scissors. It's, it's just a hard race to win. I was going to say, before Murdoch fixes his microphone, he's having some issues over there. I love seeing him have issues with his microphone after... <laughs> <laughs> 
You're having issues with your microphone. And that's how you fix Noah's mic. All right. We are going to step aside and uh, take a break here in just a second. We'll talk about that. the, the race on Sunday to see what everybody's thoughts are on that. And we've got some other news uh, out of the NASCAR world, which we'll talk about as well. And, of course, Fantasy NASCAR is ahead of Dover this weekend. We'll talk about that when we come back. More Inside passes coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. This is Justin Lawson, and you're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Martin Truex is kind of a rambling man. He went and put the heart on everybody. He was a demolition man yesterday. (laughs) Demolished the field. It's not the track you tough to tame for him. I bet Quinn Hoff is getting tired of looking at him, passing him every five (laughs) months. Anyway, um, so. Oh, here he comes again. Quinn Hoff, man. He's never I'm coming sorry. on this show. Yeah, probably not. That's okay. I really got to see how bad 
uh, Rick Ware was uh, yeah. yesterday. Oh, really? Well, it was just how oh, good well. Martin was. Well, that's <laughs> like true. That's very true. In, anyway, but um, so what actually ended up uh, happening yesterday is that Martin Truex Jr. pretty much just went out and said, I'm, I'm going to just pass everybody and uh, pretty much just dominate the race. I, I feel like if the race would have been another um, 15 laps or so more, I think Kyle Larson may he have was, saved a little bit for he, well, the end of the race. But I don't know. Because I, mean, he, I think he started using it up once he got I don't know. I, something, something tells me he may have just not – I don't want to say give up, but I think at some point you realize that it's better just to finish second than try to eat up what's left of your tires and have a risk of blowing a tire and finishing 30th. So just back off and let him win the race and just, you know, finish in second place and take, well, your, take your loss instead of... Go ahead, Peter. Chris and I were sitting right at the start-finish line, and we saw with, I think, six or five laps ago that Larson was sliding off. He was sliding. Four. He had really After that point, he was a second or so back from Truex, right. so we think he used up his stuff I at think, that point. I no. think once he figured out he was in striking range, you know, he could see Truex for the first time all day, and he, he kind of put it into the next gear and tried to do everything he can. And then by the time he got to him, he slipped up on that one attempt. He had such a great shot, and he, he messed up the corner, and I think he, sliding off of that corner really messed a lot up. How about that three wide move in the middle of those two? Oh, my cars. goodness. Oh Newman my goodness. and whoever else that was. I think that it was, was Benedetto. Yeah, was, that was crazy. He was getting – I was uh, using my stopwatch on my phone to, to time them, you know, going around – going in front of me. And I could see he was gaining a whole lot and then losing a little bit and then gaining a lot and then losing a yeah. little bit. And I was like, yeah. all right, you know, this he, is, it's going to be good. Right it now. was funny because in the media center, this uh, once Kyle Larson got done with his obligation, Martin was up doing his. And he comes out and he goes, good job, man. Larson says that. And then Truex goes, yeah, well, uh, you made me a little nervous. And he goes, I wish I made you a little more nervous. <laughs> well, th- that, that's funny so. you should say that because that's kind of what Jacob and I were talking about last night. Jacob had called me on the way home and, and kind of wanted to get my thoughts. So yesterday we have a, a Twitter chat that we do amongst ourselves, uh, you know, when we talk about the race or whatever. And, and, and I guess part of the, the controversy, if you will, is regarding what – people like to see in terms of racing so some people prefer you know what we saw yesterday with martin truex having a you know 14 second lead or whatever it was at some point in time during the race and just lapping the entire field and no caution flags and just putting a whooping on everybody and other people prefer the you know a little close-knit racing and you know trying to to really you know balance using up your stuff versus keeping the other guys behind you and so when Jacob called me, he's like, you know, where do you stand on this? And I said, I can kind of see both sides of the spectrum. I, I get there are fans that love their favorite driver just getting out front and just stomping the gas pedal and passing everybody. I'm a little irritated because every time I go to a race, Martin Truex wins. So I'm a little biased because <laughs> I'm sick of him there. winning. Sounds every like... single time I go, he wins. Every time. It sounds oh like he needed... I had the same issue. Yes. So I, that, that perturbs me a little bit. But You need anyway. a job with Martin Truex. Yes, Peter and I joked about this all of 2019. I said the same thing after I had left. Yeah, he needs to start paying me for it. We hear you. But after after every race in 2019 that I covered, only one I covered, uh, Martin didn't win. Exactly. So I can see fans that that think that that's great racing. For me, and and what I told Jacob was, is that I wish that it would have been Martin Truex and Kyle Larson for about 25 or 30 laps uh, being, you know, less than a half a second apart. Because, you know, Jacob's defense is, oh, well, you know, he had great car control. Yes. But I feel like had Kyle Larson been able to at least get to his back bumper, he would have even had to have more car control because it would have made you more scared to mess up knowing that the guy behind you is right behind you and could strike at any time. 
So I, I would much rather prefer to see you know two guys duking it out for the win, you know, less than a half a second from each other than somebody going out there and lapping the entire field twice. Okay, that's me. so. I guess we should explain in more detail what what was going on. So yes. I made a comment in our Twitter because it, I would be on the side of of the the folks who like to see great racing. Okay, mm-hmm. and to me. The first two stages yesterday were painful to watch because it's Darlington, it's May, it's throwback week, and you know, and and there's nothing going on for racing or passing. Just nothing. It's just hard to pass. There's no race for the lead. And at the end of stage two, Martin Truex was 12 seconds ahead of the field. And then second place was like 18 seconds, and it was 20 seconds, and it was 22 seconds to fourth or fifth, whatever it was. It looked like a looked like an IndyCar street course race is what it looked like by the end of stage two. And it was just like this. Is, well, Jacob then comes back with this long, you know, dissertation about, you know, uh, disagreeing with me. And, you know, and then somebody puts a Toby Christie um, tweet. Uh, okay, that that basically said, makes the point, Randy, that you made earlier. I'd rather have. Would you, if if there's a guy who's uh, you know um, a car length back, but running into a forty foot wall of air and can't pass the leader, um, would you rather have that, or would you rather have the leader fifteen seconds ahead and have everybody driving on the edge all day long? Well, so you know, here was my my point. Number one. You know, I hear people all the time, you know, well, back in the 1970s, people used to win by five laps. Well, okay. But see, this is why I, I think stats are useless because stats, if there's no explanation of how you arrived at the stat, the stat itself can tell you anything you want it to tell you. That's why I don't deal in stats. Back in those days, you had, it was difficult to run 500 miles the cars were not you know they were not always very reliable so you'd have a driver pull in the pit area because he broke apart and they'd spend five laps fixing the car send the driver back out and he would be able to make up five laps if he was fast enough and get back to the front on the track there were no lucky dogs or waiver rounds or whatever we're calling it this week and and so you you always had that pretense that people could move up move back and 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 it was it was the drama of whether you could actually pass this endurance test so if the leader was five laps ahead there was a chance that so at some point second place you know makes an adjustment against and they could actually start making up laps we used to see that a lot where drivers would come from laps down to win and sometimes laps the field after they did that okay so what 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 happens today with with the quality of the cars you get out of you know 38 cars or 40 cars whatever start that week three quarters of them are more finish and um but yet nobody can can move forward or move backwards because it's just so hard to pass with this package now the higher horsepower package that they ran, I think, was better than the other package that we had. But again, the problem is, you know, you get a guy and look, God bless Martin Truex, because nobody can demolish a race better than Martin Truex. Well, Kyle Larson would drive up there and get right up on him and then 
uh, just, uh, you know, lose it. Yeah. Yeah, but... But that was more of a product of of just the tires being worn. I mean, he, he drove... He had to really catch him, but he did. And then I don't think that with lap traffic and things like that, he caught the break he needed. Um I don't know what TV showed because I didn't get to see TV. Well, this is the other thing is obviously Fox did a terrible job. And the reason I I say that is because all you guys are talking about what a brilliant race it was. I saw plenty of passing and sliding, and and I don't know what you you guys saw from the stands, too. You guys have more of a perspective on it. But even just from going out when I was seeing it, I I mean, the the finish was only a 2.5-second lead, and that's because Larson lost a couple seconds just (laughs) within the last few laps. I know that Martin got out there, but he earned his way out there, and there was certainly passing because if there wasn't, you wouldn't see Kyle Busch, who spun and early in the race, come back to finish third. But but again, there were only one or two that were really moving forward that much. And and again, the 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 big the big my big bone of contention here. Plus, is, it's Darlington too. It's hard to pass at Darlington. It's always been hard to pass at Darlington. You have to really throw. That's it why in. you put him in the wall. Yeah. Yes, but well, and this is the other thing, <laughs> Sorry, though. But. And I wasn't the only one who said made this uh um who made this point was that you with these cars used to you could you you'd you'd bounce off the wall a couple times at darlington and still be able to these cars if you just even pancake the wall one time the bodies are done because oh, yeah. they're so arrow well, that's what's beautiful and, about and the problem year. is unfortunately it, you know these are slot cars the the front end is literally the splitters drag on the track like like a, like they're glued into a slot, like the little slot thing in the in the, and and so you you can't the, the drivers don't have enough race car and enough horsepower to use the throttle to come from behind and make a pass the way that that they should be able to. Now a lot of the racing this year has been halfway decent. This was one that for me, and it wasn't just because of Truex, but this was one for me that just never really materialized. Um, you know, yeah, Kyle got to within a couple seconds, but I think at that point, Martin Truex was taking it easy. If, if, if mm. Martin really believed that, that Kyle well, was going to be a threat, I think he had another. Not year. according to what he said. Well, I mean, he said he was up on it and nervous. He's not going to say he was. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, I don't think he would let somebody yeah. get that close. For I the mean, record, the way they were slotting lap cars, you could tell he was nervous. I rewatched the race today. And the traffic helped Larson. After I got home, and I saw what you guys were talking about with the, the slipping and the sliding and the, you know, how yeah. Larson got sideways. I didn't see any of that sitting in the stands because I, you, it's hard to see it from where you're sitting. But when you watch the other the thing for video, me was when when Chris Knight made the comment that Kyle Larson said he hardly broke a sweat during the race. And it was kind of like really. You weren't driving hard enough then. Like yeah. I mean, I, I, you know. Well, that's the, just when they ask him, was it was it deathly hot out there? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. It, but again, you, you know, I I just think this was a disappointing Darlington race. Just my opinion, and I don't care if anybody agrees with it or not. I just wasn't that. Uh, you know, but I do congratulate Truex because boy, with that team is lights out right now, yeah. and proof we're not getting to sixteen winners. That's true. It cannot be flashy. I'll get Peter's thoughts when we come back for break. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. More NASCAR news and thoughts when we come back. More and then Zephyr's next. How to be a great dad in fifteen seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
automotive technicians, and auto service trainees. How would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. I'm Matt DiBenedetto, a brutally honest NASCAR driver, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass. I want to get uh, Peter's thoughts real quick on uh, on what he thinks about uh, what we saw this weekend in terms of slot car racing versus uh, you know d- dominating performances. I mean, I love Darlington Raceway. Was this the best race I've ever seen there? No, but I still had fun with Chris and a couple other friends. And, yeah, true, I basically sunk up the show. But Larson did make it entertaining for that last 50 or so laps. He went from five-ish seconds down to at 1.2 tenths of a second. So you could tell the five was definitely driving his wheels off. And the 19 at one point was nervous. He, You could tell he was slipping up a little bit, but... At the end, just lap traffic did dictate the end of this race, and great win for Truex. From a fan perspective in the stands, though, what did you think of like the duration of race? You know, all the racing going on throughout the field, the the stuff that you could see from there. There was great passing. I mean, you saw Chase Elliott starting the rear, and he was up in the top five for much of the race. I think yeah. he faded to like and six he came or up seven. quick. Yeah, he came up like that. I think he got points in stage one. Yeah, I wish that they would get their act together and not have all the caution flags at once. 
Like, because yeah. you had, you know, Eric Amarola, <laughs> and then like a little Friday. bit, and then it was yeah, Cole Custer and out, right? Kurt Busch. Like, can y'all spread out your caution flags a little bit so we don't have the entire second half of a race with no caution flags? Yeah, flag? the whole Kurt Busch thing happened right in front of us. That would have great been, pictures of that. That would have been uh, fantastic. Uh, so anyway, uh, more more news coming out. Uh, a lot of stuff happening on uh, in the Twitter world uh, this, this past week. Um... So there's been this whole thing about how, you know, SMI owns North Wilkesboro and that uh, the, city of North, the city of North Wilkesboro has, has asked, graciously asked uh, Bruton Smith and, and, and Marcus Smith and those guys at, at Charlotte, hey, can you guys, uh, you know, kick in some money here and, and let's get these repair works done and see if we can get some NASCAR racing back down here. Wilkes County also. Wilkes County mm-hmm. has, has also said that they would, yep. uh, you know, throw in some money. So Marcus Limonis, who is the CEO and, of course, president of um, Camping World. Owner. Owner of Camping World, <laughs> pretty much all of the time. He has all the time. <laughs> yes, um, but uh, he, he said, "Hey, you know, I'll kick in a million dollars if you guys want to. You know, if you'll come down here and, and start working on it, I'll throw in a million dollars for renovation." So there's hope that uh, you know that somebody will pull the trigger on this thing. I, from what I understand, there are actually plans. Like there is a, a detailed plan in place of what they will do if they do decide to do it. But we'll see what happens. Okay, so I should clarify that what Mo- Marcus actually said was, "I'll kick in a million dollars." And I would even consider putting a small camping world location right, in of front of the track. See, right. yes. So I get my million dollars back. There, right. See, that's you, you gotta you gotta put that in context too. Right. So he's he is a businessman. Yeah, he's a businessman. Hey. So uh, he learned a thing or two on Shark Tank. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, but I think that you know, look, it's going to take. In, I, I believe somewhere between six and eight million. A couple more minimum. Marcus Lemonises. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it's it's wow. you know Marcus and see Marcus gets a lot of free eyeballs out of this, you know, ma- doing these things. So um, he's kind of on this kick this year. It's like you know, financing all the truck teams in his series to get extra um, ROI. But um, I think that he. Um, you're going to need about six more of them, or eight more of them, six to eight more of them, in order to make this happen. Which, um, and and the problem is that that you're never going to make back what you put in. This initial whatever you got to spend six million, eight million, ten million, whatever it is, you're not making it back because you you can't possibly run enough events a year there unless you run weekly racing and do big concerts and all that, which I guess you could, but, um, you know, people that want this, and I'm not saying it won't happen because it seems like SMI is really kind of being goaded into it. So maybe eventually they'll find enough people willing to throw money at it to make it happen. Um, but it's a huge, huge project. It's not like just, you know, some new pavement and some grass, but like the Smiths, wipe their butt with million dollar bills like come on well, <laughs> you know what i mean i know yes, they're not going to just want to throw and then there's another guy people. there's another guy down in, in mooresville that really stimulated this conversation of doing it on his show uh and that's dale jr i mean he helped get know? the track on well, racing to yeah. be fair he stimulated the marcus smith when he was on his show is the one that said we're not done with it yet and that's what's we're not we haven't ruled it out and that's what really fueled the fire yeah that's what i mean so and yeah, having marcus on the show it, it really stimulated so it. it's it's my opinion that uh you know that like i said this that i love to see it as a fan i mean gosh we need more short tracks but 
it's going to be a huge project to rebuild all the buildings. You got to basically knock everything down, start oh, yeah. over. It's, it's you know, it's it's almost like building a new racetrack again, and and uh, and then you got to do all the you know the the safety safe safety barriers, safer barriers, and all of those other you know things. So. It is not going to be cheap, Randy, and I just, you know, like I said, I think it's going to take six to eight more Marcus's, Marcus Lemonis's to make that happen. Well, on the other side of the spectrum, he was also kind of the, uh, the I say victim, he was he got into it with a little uh, a little bit of a Twitter war with uh, Sheldon, Sheldon Creed, Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. because Sheldon Creed's truck Friday night was not sponsored. It was an Correct. unsponsored truck, um, and so Sheldon had, you know, I guess... A May fan, I, I think it was. Was it a fan it? that made a comment? I think it was a fan that made a comment. No, it, so, it was Sheldon. Was it Sheldon? I yeah. thought it was Sheldon that made the comment. Anyway, something to the effect of, you know, if he had more sponsorship, something to Oh, yeah, it. Sheldon so, said that. But um, then... Marcus Amonis, uh, or I guess a fan got involved and Marcus yes. Amonis stepped in and said, yes. you know, hey, I offered to, to give them you know, $50,000 or whatever it was. Fifteen. Was it $15,000? Well, no, it said I offered, but they refused to help or haven't right. taken and us because, up on it or whatever. And Sheldon said, our team is worth more than $15,000. Yes. Which, I mean, depending upon how you look at it, yes, that may be true, but that's free, free. No. But it's but not free, but you know what I'm saying? It's sponsorship for... Here's the problem with this, guys, okay? What he wants, Marcus's deal is, I spend 15, I get the entire wrap. Nobody, nothing else on the truck, but but whatever I put on it. I get the full wrap for 15,000. Okay, here's the problem, though. 15,000 won't get you all the tires you need it won't it won't pay for a competitive race okay it all he's doing with these backmarker teams is making them dependent on his 15,000 to run exactly where they would run if they were spending their 15,000 okay he's not making anything better but and that now hang on that's that's the problem with his offer now you can say well better you run on his 15 than my but if, 15 but the problem is if he really wanted to improve anything what he would do is he would get some of his buddies to kick in for real sponsorship and boost these teams up in the standings and then Sheldon Creed would take the you can't run I, for less than 40 I had grand. A, I had a similar take on that originally but a Marcus will gladly break that agreement if you find a sponsor that'll put more on there. B, I've there never have heard been, him say that. He has he because has he did it, it for Twitter. JRM. Yeah. B, they, well. <laughs> uh, B, um, who was it? Jordan Anderson, I believe, that, or somebody that ran with the rap that said that that attracted way more people to his truck because they had a rap. Or it might not have been Jordan. It was somebody it that, that said it. Grant, maybe somebody. And then C, Sheldon Creed, had he wrapped that truck fifteen thousand, he had had a hundred thousand dollars from Marcus Lemonis. Because if you win with Marcus's scheme, you get a hundred grand. Well, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, so they would have had a hundred thousand dollar payday. You can say whatever you want about Marcus and, and what he's doing, what tactics he's using to get teams to, to put Camping World on their trucks, but he's get, he's shelling out a ton of money. Listen, for this not, series. and just to clarify, I'm not. Bad-mouthing Marcus for doing what he's doing. All I'm saying is that's what the actual program is, as far as I know. I've never, if he's, now again, JRM, uh, I mean, you know, I wonder if the team in the back uh, brought up brought more sponsorship if he would allow them to put it on. But, but again, it takes, to run competitively, it takes a minimum of 35 to 40. Minimum. But if you have nothing, you if, have nothing at all? 
You won't take fifteen grand and then risk actually well, having a hundred thousand dollars. You wouldn't be going to the track without that fifteen thousand. Well, I'm sure he point. has you contingency have sponsors, but he had no. He didn't have a primary sponsor on that car, right. so nobody right. on that car paid fifteen thousand dollars for the sponsorship. So, but, of the the, weekend. but the point is, you he then devalue you devalue yourself at that point, and other sponsors look and say, "Well, he's got Camping World, so we're," you know. I just think that. If you're going to do something to me, because what happens is the the way that he benefits from this is that he gets, you know, probably 60 or 70,000 return on investment from all of the numbers and TV numbers that get, you know, when they're showing all the Camping World trucks, he gets big time, you know, return on investment out of that. So I don't know. I, I'm, I just feel like if I would rather like to see Marcus get some of his, his friends to actually sponsor trucks for what they're worth and and help teams to elevate rather than just basically giving them just enough to get them to the racetrack and have them run exactly where they would run if they didn't, you know, because that's basically what it is. Well, if you think about it from that perspective, Tom, I can see where if if you go out there and you win your race in an unsponsored truck, some sponsor is going to go, I want to sponsor that truck. That truck was un, you know, what I mean? like no nobody truck. sponsored right. that truck, and it went right. out and won a race. Right. I want my car, I want my information, right. I want my business on That's that truck. Correct. Whereas if it had Camping World on it, I'm sure somebody who owned a business would be like, "Well, he doesn't need my money. He has Camping World on his." And truck. here's well, the other, here's no, the other unless problem. Unless they look into it, because again, I had someone tell me this weekend that it helped them obtain sponsorship. But we're trying to get new companies yeah. into the sport. But here's and the, the problem: if I'm going out looking for sponsorship. Okay, and and that sponsor knows that Marcus Limonis is able to get a whole truck wrap for fifteen thousand. Why are they giving me what it's really worth? Okay, sure. that's it yeah. devalues the cost of sponsoring the value of of sponsoring a truck in the truck series, and that's what's yeah. really frustrating. If you explain that from you were a, going from a business, for a, if you explain that you were going for a hundred thousand dollars, because again, they would have had a hundred thousand dollar payday had they won that race with. But, 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 but that's again, not every that's, race. That, yeah, and that's no, a that's whole every other, race. If you no, win, in saying, his well, truck, yeah, I guess no, that's you true. can't as a business person. You, you, I'm telling you. This well, it's Marcus not a good deal. It's more, it's a great deal yes, for Marcus. It's not a good deal for the overall value of the truck. Marcus Lamonis has to sell one RV so to make up that Because well, because it's free money. But it, but again, it doesn't elevate them in the least. If you're only getting fifteen, it does not elevate you in the least because you I, cannot I pay you. for what you, but you I heard need to be competitive. Weekend, so well, I it, uh, somebody's somebody's lying to you. <laughs> I'm just telling you because I know what it really costs to put a truck in the field and go race to win. Be that as it may, congratulations. I think the person Shelley. that I heard it from does too, being that they're the driver and the owner of the team. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Sheldon Creed. That's all. That's all <laughs> I can say about that. Uh, so when we come back, we'll do fantasy NASCAR, and we've got two, two little nuggets uh, left that we uh, we want to discuss. We'll do that when we come back. More inside pass right around the turns. How to be a great dad in fifteen seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? 
Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. Sure, right. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Oh. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Kyle Michael and if you're not making it work on the outside, make sure you look in the inside path. Speaking of cool paint schemes, it was cool to see the Gatorade car um, out there on the track on Saturday during the Xfinity race with Mike yes, on the board. Yes, very much so. Um, really cool paint scheme uh, there. Welcome back to the show. we got uh, Fantasy NASCAR real quick. Uh, the trucks have decided to take another vacation, so they're off this week uh, as we go to Dover. <laughs> well, they um, just don't But Xfinity, Xfinity and Cup are running Dover, and then uh, everybody's going to descend upon Coda next weekend. Uh, well, I guess Circuit of the Americas for weekend. those of you wondering. Yes, uh, in Austin for a brand new race on the Beautiful NASCAR facility. circuit. Um, which I'm, I'm sure we're all excited about seeing, and uh, I know uh, Marnock's going to the race at uh, Austin. So, um, all right, so uh, trucks and uh, cup this week. Um, disrespectful Nick is still leading the standings, so we won't talk about him. <laughs> but Tom is in second place, so oh. we'll, we'll do it in order Frozen of standings fast. right now. I still uh, so, have a chance. Uh, so, Slimmer. Tom, who are you picking for Xfinity and Cup? Well, we're at Dover, so you have to look at uh, the concrete. King, the kings of the concrete. Um, it's tougher in Xfinity because it's really the same guys, um, you know, that you talk about every week. I think I'm going to go with uh, Austin Sindrick this week okay. for uh, Xfinity. And in the Cup Series, Brad Keselowski. 
Brad K. In right. the deuce. No, you're next. Oh, no. I can't believe we're already to segment four. What the heck? <laughs> um. Okay. 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 Classic. Actually, I'm next. Yeah. But I'm not gonna yeah. Go Randy, on, so. you're next. Um. So I'm picking uh, Justin Allgaier for the Xfinity series. Oh, that's what and I'm picking too. Denny Hamlin, because I said I'm going to keep sticking <laughs> with Denny until he wins. Eventually, I'm going to get it right. So um, Hamlin is my pick. You're going to keep jinxing him, and he'll never Sin- win. <laughs> I pick Kozlowski. Cindric and Brad. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm doing Allgaier, and I'm going Truex. Allgaier and Truex. All right, Peter. I'll go Noah Gregson. He puts everything from this past week in the DQ behind him, gets the win, and another $100,000. And then for Cup, I'll go Chase Elliott. Well, eventually, he's going to get one, too, at some point. That's um, a good second Chris. pick. Chris. He is deciding. Josh Berry for Josh Xfinity. Barry. Okay. Wow. That's pretty big. Denny Hamlin for Cup. All right. There we go. All right. So two more little nuggets uh, real quick. Ben Kennedy, uh, who is the uh, – I guess he oversees the truck series. Uh, I don't know what his official title is, but whatever. Um, he is uh, saying that – Director the, for the truck is that series. What there yeah, there series you go. Director. President, director, whatever. Yeah. Um, Leader-in-chief. Uh, says that his, the <laughs> truck series 2022 schedule is uh, coming along nicely. They're, they're doing some different things, working on some stuff. He is looking, or they are looking, at races in the Pacific Northwest and some some sort of way to broader the truck series staple in the United States. So doing different races and tracks that NASCAR and Xfinity don't go. I The first thing that came to my mind is Evergreen Speedway, which is one of the original tracks that was on the truck series schedule way back when, when it was a Craftsman Truck Series yep. in its uh, inception. Um, great track. I-70 Speedway, also uh, up in uh, Oregon, is a great track, too. Uh, both short tracks, which would both be cool to see back on the schedule. I'm not really sure what other northeast tracks are. Uh, There's the road course in Portland. I think that's true. Yeah, I forgot about too. that one, yeah. The IndyCar Circuit. Yep. Yeah, I don't I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want a road course. I want a short track. Well, we have too many road courses already. Did did Ben specifically refer to the truck series schedule? Okay. All right. So then I would get. I'm just guessing here, but I would guess if you're going to go Pacific Northwest, you're probably either. I would say Evergreen is probably where you're going because, um, and then the the sort of broader USA part could be anything. It's, that, they I mean, want to get them. They get them, apparently get them into some new markets or get them out more out of the base. Well, uh, speaking of broadening the horizon, there are, are two places where NASCAR is looking at uh, street courses. Of course, we already know the big rumor that the Chicago is going to be a street course next year. Um, and so two other facilities or two other cities have come up in, in talks, Denver <laughs> being one of them and Mexico City being the other one. I, I can't even imagine Mexico City even being a, a possible. But Xfinity whatever. did run there about 10 years ago on the F1 circuit. It's true. That's, I, I'm sorry. But I just, a street course in Mexico City? Do they have actual paved? No, no. I think, I think they meant the F1 circuit. <laughs> I mean, well, that's. Well, I, I was kind of. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm because I've read books about people who travel into Mexico and have in parts of Mexico they still don't have that. <laughs> sorry, I have no idea. But I was making a joke. But of course, I know. So. But I, I was already trying. I was already laughing because he said Chicago, and I thought about what you said about Chicago the last time. Oh already. yeah. Oh, don't dr- don't don't get Tom drive by shootings. Don't don't get Tom up on street courses. <laughs> well, no street courses. I think there's some good ones they could run if they ever open the Canadian. But Denver, border, Mexico City, and Chicago Toronto. are not the top three cities on your list. Clearly. No, well, Denver. See now, look, Denver could be interesting. Denver's scenic because I, I, I well, like there's... Denver could be an interesting that part of the country. I think would be an interesting place to look for a street course. But the hardest part about these is these street courses is that you have to make 
a course that you could actually feasibly race on. And sometimes you try too hard to put these courses into places where you're, 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 they're very narrow side stream, whatever. It's just like, you know, the, the Nashville one is the one I'm watching because that could either turn out to be a really, really neat idea, yeah. like with the bridge and everything, or it'll be a Nashville, big disaster. You mean the one Nashville, or the other for the Indy, yeah, the, the Indy Nashville car. IndyCar, yeah, or, or, yeah. IndyCar. or somebody going over the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> oh well, my God, no, that would be a horrible um, disaster. But that's disaster. what I'm saying. I think I think there's some good Hard enough ideas. To get out of those but, things now, you know, Toronto to me would be the perfect place to hold <clears> one, and they would pack it. But you've obviously got to get you know the uh, border and the virus and all that under control the, first. The thing about Denver doesn't it snow from like August to July? I mean, when exactly are you going to be? I have, run a, yeah. I have family in Denver. Race. They get snow a lot of the year. Yes. Like you're going to have to pick that one when, like, you're going to have to just add it to the schedule last minute. Like, it's not snowing. Let's go well, real quick. Well, wait, get it no, right. It would snow that weekend. Is, is, yeah, this really, is this really that big of a deal? I mean, you're talking about running freaking rain tires at Martinsville. You can run snow tires in Denver. Well, let's, let's, let's put chains on them. Right. Let's give Nick Barry a call. He can, tell him, he can hey, tell him how to, how to get Two words. <laughs> Pikes Peak. If they want to run near Denver, oh, there's dude, a perfect the oval there. Man. Oh, that's true. I forgot about the Pikes Peak, uh, the, the old track at Pikes Peak. Yeah. That'd be a good race. Also, I think Furniture Road closed a couple of years too early to have a race in Denver. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they, they can sponsor it. coming back. Stayed in Denver, they would have been okay, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, so uh, another little, uh, I guess, cool milestone that happened in the F1 world uh, this weekend, uh, Lewis Hamilton ended up with 100 poles for his career, um, which is I mean, I know it's just a pole position, but, you know, at the same time, it's it's Lewis Hamilton, and he's always breaking records. Yeah. It's a pretty cool milestone uh, for him to reach 100 poles, for sure, Tom. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, look, Lewis is... Lewis has been the rock star for about, what, 20 years now, it seems like. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't see any reason why he couldn't reach that if he keeps racing long enough. I think the only question is going to be who who his teammate is in 2022 because it sounds more and more like there's a possibility it may not be Botas. That's true. He has 100 poles now, and I believe this weekend was his 98th overall win, so yeah. he's closing in on that milestone for overall race victories, so too. I'm saying. I think 100 wins is easily possible. I, I, rem- I remember a Madness show uh, last year where we, we sat and debated on how long it was going to take Lewis Hamilton to get 100 wins. And, well, I uh, said next two 2021. Races. Yeah. I predicted that. Yeah. I mean, it's just the guy. The guy's going to break every record that there is to break in F1 if he keeps racing because yeah. right now it's – you know, other than one or two of the Red Bull cars, this this there really isn't anybody that can challenge Mm-mm. him. So he's uh, he's he's easily you know going to same I, story, different year. Yeah, I <laughs> pretty mean, much. If it keeps going as it is, he'll he'll set all kinds of records. Yep. I mean, he's just a great driver. Yep, that is right. All right, so we it is a uh, time for us to uh, get out of here for this week. Uh, it's been great. Uh, throwback weekend was an awesome uh, awesome weekend and. Uh, we are looking forward to Dover this weekend and Coda, and then uh, they're going to be here in Charlotte uh, for uh, 600 weekend uh, after that. So a lot of good racing action coming up, and uh, we will be here to break it down every single show. So we will uh, see you guys next week. For all of us, have a great week, and see you next week on the Inside Pass.